You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 107. User experience is an incredibly important part of your website. Even with the best content in the world, a poor user experience will lead readers away from your website and can have a negative effect on your blog's growth. Today, I'm sharing five things your food blog needs to make sure your readers have a good user experience on your website. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm super excited that you are tuning in today. Now, if you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. So glad that you're checking out today's episode. And I think it's going to be a really important topic for you as a food blogger. Now I'm the host of this podcast, Madison Wetherill, and I'm the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios. We specialize in building custom websites and brands for food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level. Now, if you're ever curious about how we work with clients or if it would be a good fit for you, you can check the show notes for a link to our website or head over to graceandvinestudios.com. You can click on the services tab there to see the different packages of how we work with clients, when our next opening is, what the investment is, all of that good stuff. And you can also book a call to chat through it if you are looking to see what would work best for you. Now, I'm really excited for this topic today because user experience is by far one of the things that we work with the most when we are working on a custom website for our clients. And it's really something that is sort of the core foundation or one of the core foundations to what we do for our clients. And that is because it is not only an incredibly important metric for Google and how search engines are looking at your website, but it's also something that just affects whether or not someone wants to come back to your website. And so today we're going to be talking about a few things that your food blog absolutely needs to have to enhance the user experience that someone is having on your website. So the very first thing that you should be having on your food blog is an easy to find search bar. Now, this is something that is so commonly missed and unfortunately is something that a lot of pre-made themes don't do super well. And basically what we are thinking about when we're talking about an easy to find search bar is that first and foremost, it is really easy to find it on mobile. So if the only place that you have a search bar is in your sidebar, it's going to be really hard to see that on mobile. What generally happens with a mobile web design is that the sidebar that normally you would see on you know, the right or the left-hand side of your page is actually gonna flow all the way to the bottom under your content. So for a food blogger who has a really long blog post, even if your blog post is only a few hundred words, that sidebar is going to be pushed way down and most likely someone is not going to scroll to get to it if they are looking for that search bar in particular. Another thing that's important to remember is to have multiple search bars. This is not only just for mobile, but this is also really important for desktop. So something that can make it really easy to find your search bar is that it is found in multiple places. It's not just one place on your site that is really hard to find. You have it in a few places so that no matter where someone is looking, it's going to be easy for them to find it. Now, something that I will just put out there and a conversation we have with a lot of our clients is that the built-in WordPress search functionality is really not all that great. 
So if you are someone who really wants to enhance the search ability of your website, and when I say search ability, I mean within your own website, not necessarily from you know an SEO perspective, you might consider upgrading your search platform to something like Slickstream that is going to really enhance that search experience. If you ever used Slickstream on somebody's website, basically what it does is it allows for somebody to type in one word or an ingredient and pull up a lot of results that are going to be really relevant to them. Now, on the other hand, the WordPress search database, how it works is if I type in chicken onto somebody's website, it's going to pull up every single blog post or page on your site that has the word chicken. So even if you search a full recipe title, if you've ever linked to that recipe title in another post, it's gonna pull that up, even if that post itself is not called, you know, whatever it is that you searched. And so that can be sometimes confusing for users and even confusing for bloggers themselves who are trying to navigate their website and find content. So make sure that you have a really easy to find search bar, maybe in a few places on your site, and that it really is functioning well. If you are using something that is not the default WordPress and is not something that is really well built and robust like Slickstream, you might want to make sure that it's actually pulling results up for your readers. If you go through and really test this out, you might find that it's a lot harder to find content than you might have otherwise thought it would be. And that is definitely a reason to try to fix this problem to enhance your user experience. Okay, the second thing that you can do to enhance the user experience on your website is to make sure that you have an organized navigation menu. You really want to make sure you're keeping only the important navigation links in your main navigation section. Typically, there's going to be many opportunities to have different navigation menus on your site, but when you're talking and thinking about the main navigation that someone sees, usually right by your logo, and right at the top of your page, you wanna make sure you're keeping those to be the important navigation links only. You can use the footer or another navigation section for some of those non-essential links, things like maybe your privacy policy or your disclaimers, things like that that don't need to be taking up the prime real estate spot on your main navigation, but they are important to be on your site and easy to find. And then you really wanna think about what is the most important content that maybe you have on your homepage and consider adding links to those categories most likely or those sections of your website into your navigation. Because if somebody lands on a page that is not your homepage and doesn't end up clicking over to your homepage, you wanna make it really easy for them to get to those places from the main navigation on your website, no matter what page they're coming to. So this is gonna be things like your recipe index, your main categories, any other really important links that if someone only saw just your navigation bar that they would find those easily. But again, we wanna really keep only the important links because too many options is going to give someone a decision fatigue and they're not going to be able to know where they're supposed to go next. Another thing that is incredibly important for user experience is that you want to limit the website interruptions that someone has when they get onto your website. So when we think of website interruptions, what we're thinking about are things like pop-ups, ads, anything that's really going to disturb the experience that they are trying to have on your website, which is that they are trying to look at the content that they searched for in the first place. So for this, you want to make sure that you are deferring pop-ups so they are not showing up immediately on your website. When someone lands on your site, they shouldn't be having a pop-up before they can even read the title of your post or before the page can fully load. So you want to delay that pop-up for a few seconds so that someone can have that uninterrupted experience when they first land on your website. 
You also wanna make sure that you're limiting pop-ups to one per page. Now, something like a video player for your ad network probably doesn't count here, but you do wanna be mindful of all of the different things that are popping in when your page is loading. So this could be things like an email signup pop-up, an ad video, a pop-up asking someone to follow you on Instagram or on Facebook. I have seen so many websites where there are four or five things popping up at one time and it is completely paralyzing and overwhelming. So again, the less amount of these pop-ups and interruptions that you can have, the better. And be really careful about delaying them so that they're not interrupting someone's first experience on your site. I know it feels like all of these things are super important, but what is more important is letting someone even get the chance to get to your content to see if they want to be a part of whatever it is that you're asking them to be a part of before they are so annoyed that they just leave your website. The fourth thing that you need to make sure that you have on your food blog is organized content. Now, I know that so many people know that people are trying to get right to your recipe card. And that is definitely true. That is what people are really hoping to get to. But even if we're just talking about your recipe card, having that organized and really detailed is going to be so helpful for someone. I know for so many of you guys, you put so much important content into your blog post, both for SEO reasons, but also for your readers. So even if people are trying to get to your recipe card, make sure that in your recipe card, you are at least telling them to go back up and find the information that's in the blog post if they are looking for certain information. I'm thinking of things like substitutions, storing tips, all of those extra tips that you give people. You don't necessarily have to copy and paste them all into your recipe card, but if you just say, you know, look above in the post for substitution suggestions, that's going to help people to know to go back up there if they're looking for it. And if they're a brand new person to your site, they may not know that you include that information in the blog post. So that's really helpful to just let them know that in the place that they are most likely looking for that information, which is going to be the recipe card. Apart from the recipe card itself, definitely make sure that you are using lists to organize your content. This is really going to help break up the long paragraphs that you might have in your blog post and is really going to break up that space visually so someone sort of snaps back into paying attention because most of the time people are going to be skimming your content looking for you know, the information that they need. And that's when they're going to focus in and actually read. So by using lists, you're helping them to see not only just lists, but also headings above those lists. You're helping them to see the important information a little bit at a glance. Now, if you are having long paragraphs, make sure that you are breaking those up and you're not having them be very long. This is gonna help for mobile, especially because the screen size is smaller and you really don't want your paragraphs to be more than one screen length on a phone. You don't want someone to have to be scrolling four or five times just to read one paragraph of text because that's going to be very straining to their eye. So you wanna make sure you're breaking up those long paragraphs, keep them short and sweet. And this is also going to help you with your RPM and your ad revenue as well. And then lastly, you wanna make sure that you're using images as part of your content. So doing things like adding ingredient shots or step-by-step images, this is not only going to benefit your reader in terms of them just understanding your content better, but this is also going to help them have a better user experience when they read your posts, but also when they go and make your recipe. Because we're talking a lot about things that are going to enhance the user experience on your web website, but that's also going to help their overall user experience with your product, which is your recipe that you're hoping that they will make. Now, another thing that you can do when it comes to organizing your content is make sure that you are utilizing Gutenberg blocks to really help you to create content sections that stand out. So I talk about this a lot in my course, Simplify with Gutenberg, where I teach you how to use Gutenberg and specifically how to create these reusable blocks that are going to help make your blog post process easier. 
But by creating these sections of content where you might use a different background color or you might style it differently, you're going to help break up that pattern of text, image, text, image that we often have in our blog posts. Again, your readers are most likely just skimming your content and looking for the highlights. And so by creating a section that is physically looking different than that text or that image, you're helping them to slow their scroll and actually read what it is that you have written there. So using Gutenberg blocks can be really, really helpful for that reason. And I will make sure that there's a link to the Gutenberg course in the show notes, as well as some other episodes where we've talked about Gutenberg, because this is something that I really think is changing the way that food bloggers write their content and really make it stand out in a way where their readers are actually reading the information that they are sharing. Okay, now number five is to provide a really natural reader experience path on your website. Now, what I mean by this is that you really want to be setting your reader up for success when they are trying to browse your website. Back when food blogs just started becoming a real trend, there was the trend of just having everything in chronological order. And to be honest, people really did have their favorite blogs where they would sift through the content chronologically. Now that is really not the case and people are not really going to browse content in that way. So you don't wanna rely on simply having a chronological organization of your blog posts on your homepage. You really want to be creating pathways for people to dive into your content further. And this really comes down to understanding how your site is organized. You really need to understand what your categories are like, what your navigation is set up like, and really creating those pathways for people to just dive into more content that they are interested in. Because at the end of the day, they're probably not interested in every single blog post that you write, but they're really interested in one type of content, whether that's a specific diet that they're looking for, a specific cooking method, or maybe it's a specific course that they're really interested in all of your dessert recipes. So you want to allow your readers to choose their own adventure or choose their own pathway through your website. And that starts with your homepage and your navigation and how those are organized. You can head back and listen to episode 27 for tips on how to organize your homepage and what should be on there. And then I want you to also remember how people are getting to your website and how they're getting to your homepage in the first place. I talked a lot about this in episode 100 where I talked about creating that reader journey on your website and really understanding how someone is coming to your website and moving through it. This is such an important thing to understand because without really first thinking about how someone gets to your website in the first place, it's really hard to think about what should be the next logical step. And really you should be having an idea of the two or three steps that you want someone to take. Of course, not everyone is going to move through your website like that. They're not all going to go to another page, but if you really want people to go through more pages on your site and to stay on your site longer, you really have to think about what the next logical step for them is based on where they're landing to begin with. So just to recap, the five things that your food blog needs for a better user experience on your website. First is to make sure that you have an easy to find search bar. Make sure that you have organized navigation menus. Make sure that you limit website interruptions. You have organized content. And finally, that you're creating a really natural reader experience path on your website. So as someone moves through their, your website, it's really obvious and natural for them to do so without kind of getting stuck or getting lost on your website. Now, these are just a few of the things that are really important to create a good user experience, but I specifically wanted to focus on things that I feel like are in your control. 
There are a lot of other things that we do with our clients specifically because we are building a custom theme and a custom website for them. But I really wanted to focus on the things that I feel like are in your control as the food blogger. And regardless of which theme you're using, regardless of whether you are you know, going to invest in a custom website or not, these are things that any food blogger really should be able to think about and figure out based on how they want to create that user experience on their website and things that Honestly, if all food bloggers did, we would probably have less complaints about food blogs in general on the internet. Although people on the internet are always going to have something to complain about. But I hope that this was helpful for you guys and I would love to hear your feedback. You can always head over to Instagram and connect with me there. I would also love to ask you to subscribe for the podcast updates. So you can do that either by following the podcast on your podcast app. So either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. Or you can also go over to thevinepodcast.com and on that page you will have a sign up form where you can sign up for updates. We send out an email every time there's a new podcast update and we link to our show notes page which is going to have a really great way for you to read the blog post or just listen to it right on the website. And this is something that we're going to be redoing in the next few months. As a team, we're going to be redoing the Grace and Vine Studios website and our blog posts themselves are going to be getting a huge update and makeover. So I would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast updates there so that you never miss an upcoming episode. And you also will get a sneak peek into our redesign process of our website as well. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next week, friends, talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.